Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is PJ D. DeMarino. Uh, he's with uh, JWG Group. We're going to be talking about the uh, the AI work that they're doing there. So, PJ, thank you for coming. Hey, thanks for having me, Richard. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, tell me what what um, in the world of AI. You know, I've spoken to many companies. What's uh, what's your stake in it? What are you guys working on at JWG? Uh, JWG is really into reg tech, and and uh, we're we're one of the pioneers into the space, uh, starting in the in the late noughties. Um, and, and it, I guess the, the the analogy we like to use is that we're we're helping to define and climb the reg tech mountain for financial services, um, and that's all about getting uh, banking from an analog era to a digital era, in order to be able to see uh, big increases in efficiency, not only for identifying what uh, regulatory obligations are, but then how do you actually apply them to controls and, and make the system safer. All right, so um, for people that don't understand, what is reg, reg tech or reg tech for uh, the uninitiated? It, it, it's all about applying new technology like, like AI um, to uh, businesses and business functions that, that need to make better use of uh, the, the information, massive sets of information that, that are out there and, and gain dramatic increases in, in effect, effectiveness and efficiency. Um, and, and really doing that with a purpose. I think the the, the big thing about RegTech is it's very anchored in a whole bunch of things that regulators globally want the financial services system to do. Um, there's there's many ways people do that today, but a lot of them are are fairly antiquated. And what RegTech does is helps everybody leap, leapfrog that um, and get them to an era where uh, they're, they're able to use uh, standardized technology and and and, and information standards. To be able to process and exchange information across uh, the, the whole financial sector, it almost seems like uh, you know. I hope this is not insensitive. It almost seems like an oxymoron because it seems like regulators and, and regulation is designed to slow down tech and harness it under its will, not have its own technology. But it also does sound like it needs its own technology. So what you know, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, they're, they're definitely. Competing forces at play uh, in, in in this arena. One of them is obviously the regulator wanting to make sure everything is done by the book in a in a certain way. But then, then there's also another driving force is to make sure that the uh, market itself is starting to understand and, and behave in different ways. Um, and, and not all regulators are alike, right? So if there's many different mandates. Um, one here in the UK where I live is is uh, it was very focused on a competition mandate. So it wants to make sure that the market for uh, financial services technology is also competitive and wants to help make sure that the um, the, the, the new entrants are also getting a, a, a seat at the table. Um, but I, I think the, the, the bottom line is that a lot of what banking has become about has become very, very technical. 
and and so the regulators themselves have had to become very very technical um, and get into the really uh, nitty gritty of, of how we go about doing the business. You know, uh, whether you talk about it as microstructural trading or high frequency trading or algorithmic uh, trading or computer based trading, there, there's all kinds of rules out there globally uh, that that the regulators have put in force. And of course, the challenge with this is there's, there's no one central regulator. You know, there's there's lots of lots of different bits of paper one has to go get. Um, so the area we focused on most is, is, is how do you get 80,000 documents that have been published since 2009. You know, if you printed them out, they'd be three Eiffel Towers tall. And, and you help clarify those obligations into a, uh, into a, a framework that, that allows the, a holistic uh, view of what, do you, what does it mean to me. And so, if I am I'm in charge of trading, I, I can have a I can use data science to help me bring me my obligations, as opposed to having to pay people uh, lots of uh, lots of time, uh, well, give people lots of time, and pay them lots of money to go crawl through it all manually and and effectively cut and paste. And so, this is where the leapfrogging comes in. You know, if if you can enrich uh, that content set via uh, data science and natural language processing. You're then able to think about how you deliver that in much better, faster, and cheaper ways. So, what are what are some examples of the uh, the work that you put out there, and you know, any specific use cases on, uh, on how it's affected what's going on? Yeah, I guess the you know I should start with what's what what is a JWG? It it, it, it all started uh, for us 12 years ago. Um, I was between jobs. I had a it was CEO for technology at, at a, a major UK clearing bank. I was on my way to a, a U.S. Uh, clearing bank. We work in operations, and uh, ultimately, I, I was on garden leave, and I, I found out about this new regulation coming in. And so it was 2005, and I, I went and sat and listened to a bunch bunch of uh, trade associations talk about how everything needed to change. And I said, "Well, well hold on a minute. This, this, you're talking about things happening nine months from now." They said, "Yeah, that's what the regulators want." I said, "Well, you know, it's not going to happen nine months from now because nobody knows about it, and it's not in the budgets." And they said, "Oh, well, you have to think about then how does it, how is this big change program going to come in?" And that that was our our first start for for this uh, the market infrastructure uh, initiative back in um, 2006 that then led into 2007. Um, you know, we started talking to all of the uh, the the, the um, uh, well, really politicians and and people that held the pen that eventually became the technical standards for the regulators, and and we we worked through a way to help everyone regain control over what these regulatory changes actually meant. Uh, and we're not consultants. We, we don't offer legal opinion, but we do help pull the uh, collaborative groups together to look at regulations early, even while their ink isn't yet dry, and, and help figure out what are the what are the ways that you can approach these regulations in, in standardized ways. Um, so we, we've held over uh, 400 working groups uh, since 2006, uh, focused on a, on a whole variety of, of uh, different regulatory topics. Uh, you know, there's there's no want of regulations post-crisis. Um, the G20 and agreed a plan in Pittsburgh that had 93 action points. And so our our, our reaction was, oh my gosh, if you look at all of the all of the paper that'll be generated by one, even one of those action points uh, within one of the countries, and, and then you start trying to work out how does it all fit with the common framework. We're gonna we're we're gonna die a, a die a death of, of cutting and pasting if, if we can't work out a better way to to glue this all together. So uh, we continue to run our our working groups and crowdsourcing all the intelligence. But what we what we've been focused on for the last four years is really coming into its own now. Is is how do we get 
the, the intelligence from a group modeled and in, in, in applied to regulation as it comes out so that you can then solve regulatory management problems. Right? And I think the, 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 what, we've, what we've developed with, through our Reg Delta system is a, effectively a cloud-hosted SaaS application where we can load any regulatory content on it and, and give people back that, that, that control that they have by having everything in one place and, and not have this postal system of emailing documents from point A to B and C and losing information along the way. So uh, our analysts have been okay. busy combing the, 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 all of the regulatory sites to be able to understand the totality of it. And then Reg Delta delivers a solution for our, for our clients. Well, I would think you would need a additional position within regulatory bodies that reviews existing regulation and then compares it when new regulation is proposed because it could be covered by existing stuff. I mean, if you know what's out there, also you'd increase compliance, you'd you know reduce duplication. Um, I would think this would give regulators a much better ability to figure out if what they've done is effective and and what to, you know how to address new problems as well. Uh, absolutely, and that's one of the things we're we're focused on as an industry. And I I, I have the privilege of uh, chairing the RegTech Council, which brings together regulators and regulated, so both the tech suppliers and the, and the, the firms themselves. And, and one of the initiatives that we've kicked off there is, is uh, effectively a, a, a semantically focused exercise, uh, which we're calling the new initiatives track, that, that's looking to figure out how do you get from a regulator's website straight through into the organization and get to the point of control. And we're, we're, uh, we have a team now uh, taking one particular regulation, looking at how it's actually written and the, in the glossary that's on the regulator's website, and then helping to figure out how you make the link and transform that obligation that's on a, on a, in a bit of text on, on a website into an HTML message that then gets routed to the right individuals. Um, and this is the work, obviously, that, that's done manually today. Lots of consultants and lawyers and conferences and all those kind of things. But um, you know, we just can't keep doing it that way. So that, you're right. There's a, there, there's a there's a need for the regulator. Uh, to speak a language that's actually uh, routable and, and, and actionable in the uh, across the tens of thousands of, of financial institutions that have to comply. Yeah, and if regulators are going to work on high-tech stuff, they need to have technology at their disposal because otherwise they're at a disadvantage. And you know, it's better for regulator feels that they're working as the luddites, but yet they have to regulate uh, you know super high-level technology that's probably resentment. And just an inability to do it the right way if they don't have tools themselves. Yeah, I guess you know increasingly regulators are starting to get tooled up. Uh, there's a whole conversation about subtech or supervisor technology. This is really just the other side of the coin from what, when any kind of uh, indiv- uh, indiv- individual firm has to do. Uh, but the you know the answer to uh, the crisis was transparency. Now, everything had to be on a report. Um, not like it didn't before, but you know we have lots more reports now. Um, everything from you know, your trading activity in in, in products that uh, aren't really uh, weren't ever on exchanges and were never really able to to share that information uh, through to how you know your customer do your money laundering checks uh, through to how you manage your uh, your capital and, and your um, uh, your exposures. Uh, so there's lots of different ways on the RegTech mountain that, that regulators think about defining what information you have to share. And that's exactly where it gets interesting, because then at that point, you do have accountability from the regulator to say, you know what, I want to see information this way. 
for this purpose. And and the part of the, the, the more holistic conversation, cross-regulators is, well, okay, well, what we need to do is find a way to glue, glue those different ways together. And if, and if you're, you're able to help define a language that we can use to do that and the standards by which we can transform it, then we can all be uh, a lot more compliant with, in, in a, at a much lower uh, cost uh, footprint than we currently are today. And how are regulators reacting to the, uh, the systems you're bringing in to allow them to review documents and consolidate and semantically search? Do they, do they like it? Are they excited? I mean, what's the outlook? Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it's, uh, it, look, it's a voyage of discovery. Not all regulators move at the same same uh, pace. I mean, and, and some take different interests, right? But I think what we've we've seen is, is a, uh, you know, a, a new regulatory community being born over the last couple of years. I mean, it used to be, you know, the UK was out in front and there was, wasn't much else. You know, now, um, you know, the, the uh, CFTC uh, has a whole labs uh, effort in, in the U.S., um, there's all kinds of things going on in uh, in uh, the Middle East. Abu Dhabi has a, a similar um, uh, type of effort. You have things going on in Hong Kong and, and in uh, Australia, um, you know, Japan. You know, so the, there's a, regulators have all, I think, awoken to the need to do something, and, and they've been experimenting. The, the great news is now they're starting to communicate and join up. And there's literally a, a one podcast I can direct you to if you want that that. Uh, it, it has a, a bit of role play with the, the U.S. regulator phoning up the uh, U.K. regulator and talking reg tech, which, which to me is great. You know, the, all of a sudden you have cross pollination okay. and uh, fertilization of ideas. Yeah, how does that work? You know, I, I'm sure most people don't. I don't know. They probably don't even think about it. But what's it like to be inside the world of regulators? Do they communicate overseas between countries, between regions, and or is this just starting to happen now? Good question. I mean, they've they've uh, always had to in the context of supervising a firm, right? So you have a big global, systemically important firm. They have a they have their own college, they call it. So you know, they bring in all the supervisors to talk about uh, the every every individual uh, jurisdiction's view of how that uh, uh, that company or the firm is is performing, and, and the the host, the, sorry, the headquarters uh, will usually dictate where that's run from. Um, and, and I guess the, the the big shift we've seen in the past uh, you know two three years with reg tech is that notion that same organizing principle doesn't really hold when you're talking about what's the role of new technology, right? Because it's not firm by firm; it's it's really more theme by theme. So uh, you know I think what we're we're seeing is that where regulators have an appetite to automate their rule book, let's say, um, or you know think about how they enrich and tag. The rule books in a way that are more accessible, and how they do it in a standardized manner. It's almost be a little, uh, you know, self self forming community of interest around that. Um, you know, that may differ completely from the, the 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 group of regulators that wants to look at how do we think about using the blockchain to to uh, manage uh, money laundering. They may have a whole separate uh, tech sprint, is what they tend to call it here in the UK, or, or you know, called sandboxes, or uh, you know, various other terms for it throughout the uh, regulatory jargon. But they've all they have essentially formal ways of engaging with the industry to pilot concepts and learn from from what works and what doesn't. All right. So, what are um, what are some of the use cases again that you're working on or are coming, you know, in the next six months or a year that you're excited about? What kind of impact do you see is uh, JWG having? In terms of uh, there's, there's there's two main motivators for RegTech, and I think you know at, at the end of the day it comes down to fear <clears throat> or greed. So from a uh, 
you know, fear point of view. There's, there's the people, we've reached that tipping point where the volume of regulation, the complexity of it has just gotten too much for a lot of people. And they're afraid that they're missing things and they, they, they need a better structured way. So we're working with those kind of firms to help them figure out a, a way that we can uh, offer them a, a essentially a triage function directly on top of the documents, right? So as a document comes out, instead of introducing a bunch of clunky workflow that helps people check it, you know, get that document in the in the in a one central place, and then manage the workflow from that document. So all, all the knowledge comes together in one place, right? And then be able to to ensure uh, controls are are put around <clears throat> the actual development of the policies that are required to comply. And that's incredibly exciting because all of a sudden you then have people able to work off of you know one common version of the truth. Um, the, the other end of the spectrum in terms of the greed uh, that we see in the industry is these costs are just absolutely uh, enormous. And, and a lot of it gets down to the manual effort involved in mapping, right? Trying to understand what, what, what are the regulators talking about and how do I control what I do and doing the, the, the join between those two things. What we've been proving um, this year is we can do the semantic modeling. We can use the the natural language processor of, of you know of of uh, from of AI to be able to take uh, the words that are in these documents, the concepts and the phrases, and, and make sure that we interpret the context of what is being said. So, for example, if uh, you know a document's published in Singapore and it, it, it's a technology, it talks about a number of terms like uh, uh, data theft and uh, uh, endpoint devices and uh, encryption policies and and the like. Um, it, it, with the, instead of having someone try to go read that, find out, figure out what it means, we can route that particular paragraph or whole document to the to the policy owner for data loss control. Right, and so it's making the match, you know, in in uh, use, using the uh, the AI to say this is something you want to take a look at, and in that case, it's it's not not taking the people out of the picture. It's very much keeping them for, for front and center of the picture, uh, but it's it's making it's cutting the human workload by eighty five percent in some cases. Right, it's getting them to the case where you know they all say, "Yep, that is something I have to deal with." Or if it's false positive, "Yep, no, train the train the uh, train the model to be able to get me better stuff." Um, and I think it's those kinds of things that I get the most energy from because, you know, in, in either case, uh, the the, uh, the the triage and the horizon scanning or mapping to controls, <clears throat> we're taking out a tremendous amount of pain, tre tremendous amount of, you know, very difficult, you know, work that that takes an awful lot of energy and, and, and there isn't the people doing it often don't get thanked enough for it. Um, so this is the kind of thing that you know really really helps make a difference at the end of the day. So any uh, surprises? That you've gotten from uh, running your AI tools and from doing this work, anything that you didn't, you didn't realize would uh, would happen that did. I say I, I've been surprised at how much we've been able to do just with English. Um, you know, obviously regulators write in lots of different languages, but you know, one of the great things about financial services is it does have a common base in English. Um, and, and we've been able to, to, to um, of course, house local la language content, uh, but have a use English metadata to glue things together. And I think that what, what we're just at that point now, you know, five years into this, uh, where we're starting to get okay. Well, but you know, if, if you've got the word mortgage in English, can you link that to the Dutch word and the French word, the Spanish word for mortgage, so I can find all the relevant content? <clears throat> Which is possible. It's just I've always thought that would have been something we needed to sort up front, 
And I think the the big lesson learned for me is, hey, you know, the English is probably good enough as a, as a, to be able to establish the rule framework, and then it's fine tuning uh, uh, thereafter. Um, and, you know, and ultimately, um, you know, I, I think it's as ever with these programs, it, it's all about the people and it's all about how how do you get this uh, AI assisted natural language processing to deliver the intelligence to the humans that can then feel comfortable at how they're actually routing it around and interpreting what it means. And that's the that's the exciting bit when they when they actually get the bit between their teeth and start, start running at that, then uh, all kinds of good things start happening. So what's your uh, crystal ball say, you know, over the next year or a couple of years, how do you see that JWG is going to impact the regulatory space? And do you think it's going to just fundamentally change or it'll just get a bit better and more efficient? You know, what do you see happening? Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, uh, always said if I had a crystal ball, I'd be playing the markets, not doing regulation. But um, I think the, you know, ultimately we're, we're at that tipping point now uh, where we're, uh, we, we, we've talked and proven lots of these concepts out. We're starting to see you know, huge demand for um, a lot of this, uh, uh, shall I say, specialized mapping to controls. And I think that's an area really starts taking off. And as, and as you start finding ways to take public source content and tailor it to a, you know, a private source, um, you start introducing the opportunity to have new data sets. So that's where you have true AI and machine learning Type approaches can then start entering and help out, right? So it's no longer just about does that one particular document relate to this control, but what's the context of that control being talked about, and are there other things going on in the market or with my customers or in the legal system that I need to know about? So you know, it, obviously, if there's a big court case in Singapore that's prompting the discussion about uh, data loss controls, maybe you need to trigger that, and hey, maybe this could even have a market impact, and we need to be thinking about what what our position is. Vis-a-vis uh, -vis some of the different companies that are out there, so I think that's that's what we're playing for. It's that more holistic, more integrated, and, and frankly, uh, you know, ever, ever more intelligent application of, of uh, technology to some pretty complicated business problems. Well, very good. So, PJ, what's the uh, best way for listeners to reach out and find out more, and uh, you know, see possibly see some of your work in action? Well, we, uh, the website is uh, www.jwg-it.eu. Um, there's all kinds of information out there. We publish uh, uh, over, around about 100 pieces a year on our blog um, and uh, all kinds of, of webinars that uh, we, we also run uh, in this space on specific topics. If they pick the ones that are interested to you, and we always have our workshops. So if people want to come along, to a joint working group, they're, they're more more than welcome. Just need to get in touch and uh, and let us know. And of course, if you want the Rig Delta system, you can find that on uh, uh, well, it's alias through the same site, but it's rigdelta.com. And uh, more than happy to set up a demo for anybody who wants to see it. All right, very good. Well, PJ, thanks for coming. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Richard, thank you. Been uh, a, a very interesting discussion. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.